Christ versus Molech, part two. Christ versus Molech, the democratic vision for America, contrasted with the biblical vision. Do you want to know why things are so bad? Do you want to know why our government acts crazy? Do you want to know why the Democrats are evil and satanic? Pay attention. Well, we're in part two, and I'm going to read Deuteronomy 18 and 9 and following. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes a son or daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. We'll stop there. <clears throat> now we're in the middle of something here, so let me continue. There are two things that we need to learn about this process of a shift in law orders in America. Now remember, if you go back to you know, 1860, 1850, everybody, whether you're a Christian or not, pretty much everybody thought in terms of the Christian world and life view. And even apostasy in the old days took a different form. For example, Unitarianism. The first apostasy in America was Unitarianism. Well, deism. Deism was, was also even earlier. And what deism did is they said, well, we, can't, we have to believe there's a God because there's a universe, and there, that's proof that there's a God. We'll just believe that in a God that doesn't get involved in the creation, and we can do whatever we want. That's a deism. So there are two things that we need to learn from this process. First, the changes that have occurred in civil laws, especially relating to sexuality and what defines a family, this is the most obvious area of gross perversion, really have nothing to do with science properly defined or the laws of nature, but are the arbitrary opinions of sinful men. And I, you know, this is for mature audiences, what I'm going to say in a minute. They are now considered good because the intellectual elites, the culture innovators, and progressive or leftist politicians say so. When it comes to ethics, culture, and civil laws, the so-called scientists are not discoverers or learners, but followers. They can get on board the secular humanist train of perversion, antinomianism, cultural degradation, toward a consistent Satanism, or they will lose their jobs. And they are like the priests of Baal or Molech, whose job it was to teach the people to follow their king's law order without question. And as I noted earlier, the pandemic is an excellent example of this, where the, the state was just saying things that were totally patently false. And all the scientists got right on board and obey the state, obey, obey the state, obey Molech. <clears throat> and we know that they lied habitually, but they still won't admit it. And we know this observation is true from two considerations. First, or number one, <clears throat> any laws that contradict Scripture are false and satanic. Men may pretend to be God, but they are not God. The arrogance of humanism, the arrogance of secular humanism, the arrogance of atheistic naturalism. I watch these guys, these real famous atheists on YouTube. Um, they're exceptionally unimpressive. And they... Uh, what they say is arbitrary. They don't have proof of their positions. Now, are they charismatic? Are they good speakers? Yeah. 
but what they say from a philosophical perspective and epistemological perspective is complete uh, bullpucky. <clears throat> Number two, science properly defined in practice has proved that homosexual behaviors are a learned activity, not a genetic or intrinsic aspect of a person's being. For example, <coughs> and remember, whenever something contradicts their worldview, they just ignore it. Extensive studies of identical twins have been conducted, and there are very frequent cases of one twin being a married heterosexual, while his identical brother is a promiscuous sodomite. They're identical twins. Genetic code's the same. If homosexuality was genetic, the scenario would be impossible, because we're told, oh, they're born that way. They're not. And there's proof that they're not. In addition... Medical studies have proved that the rectum was not designed to be used for sexual activity. It produces no lubricant, it tears very easily, and it's been proved to be an exit organ for fecal matter. This obvious fact is one of the main reasons that the AIDS virus spread so easily in the sodomite community. A behavior that is learned, it's not inborn, it's obviously unnatural, and it explicitly contradicts scripture, which, by the way, says it's a very wicked sin, an abomination in God's sight. It was a death penalty offense. It's declared to be moral and good by the scientists and intelligentsia today uh, the moment social trends blow in that direction. <clears throat> well, that's not real science. But simply adopting a foolish, evil fad, a jumping on the bandwagon. <clears throat> So what are they acting like? They're acting like the priests of Baal, who get people to worship the state. Second, a shift to a secular humanistic law order goes beyond the idea that the autonomous man creates his own ethics out of nothing but his mind. That's bad enough. That's terrible. It's statism. It also shifts man thinking to the idea that he can recreate reality itself simply by redefinition or by a man's imagination. The older secular humanists viewed the world as one of brute factuality. There is no God, so mankind must assume God's position and attempt to change the future with a kind of scientific predestination. <clears throat> By creating new ethical norms and using the power of civil government, that is coercion, one can master the earth and create a social utopia. But we've seen that man, because men are finite and sinful, the secular humanistic utopias are much more like hell than heaven. And I was watching a lecture by a, a really good lecture against communism, and the guy ran down the list of all the nations that have tried Marxism or communism. And it was a very lengthy list. You got the Soviet Union, you got Cuba, you got Ethiopia, uh, Yemen for a while, uh, Vietnam, uh, you name uh, Venezuela, all these countries. There was a really long list, and every single one of them was a massive failure that led to coercion, led to slaughter, murder of innocent people, and led to the destruction of the economy. By simply creating arbitrary laws and giant bureaucracies to control every aspect of our lives, uh, that's, not, that's not enough. But now, humanistic, by humanistic fiat, we are told, people can actually change the brute facts. <clears throat> the whole transgender movement is based on the presupposition that you are not what you are biologically, physically, and actually, but you really are what you think you are. You see the logical extension? I, I'm... 
autonomous from God. There is no God. I create my own ethics. I'm autonomous from God. I create my own reality. In Canada, if you don't use the pronouns these perverts want you to use, you'll go to jail. You'll be fined. In other words, <clears throat> our thinking does not have to be in line with created reality, or even in the old atheistic thinking, brute factuality. <clears throat> that is the present world in its current evolved state. Okay, the old atheists would say that homosexuality was immoral and wrong, and that transgenderism was a sickness. When subjective thinking determines what reality truly is, human autonomy from God and his divine revelation has come to its logical end. Complete fantasy and absurdity. There's TikTok videos of, of transgender. That's just a man pretending to be a woman. They dye their hair. They might get breast implants. If they're really very dedicated to it, they'll cut their genitals off and mutilate themselves. Uh, they'll have to pay a doctor to mutilate themselves. Uh, talking about having a period and so forth. That's insanity. At the current time, this view is limited to men who want to pretend to be women and vice versa. But logically, and according to their own epistemology, one can be anything if one thinks that you are that thing. And another, I was watching this debate, I forgot the guy's a conservative guy, and he was debating them, and he talked about there's a what's called a psychological sickness where people think they're children, where adults really believe they're children. And his point was, well, uh, should we allow them to participate in sports with little children? <laughs> he's pointing, he, he, what he's doing is driving their position to its logical absurdity. And then, of course, when we see these men, for example, that swimmer who was 68th in the world or something for men, uh, won all the women ribbons immediately. Men are stronger than women, of course. This aspect of modern secular humanism is obviously false. It's so obviously false and absurd. It normally would not even I would not even take the time to discuss it. But this current expression of atheistic naturalism has been accepted by the federal government, the Democratic Party, <coughs> many state governments, many or perhaps most large corporations, <coughs> the mainline Protestant denominations, and the vast majority of colleges and universities. In California, if one does not recognize and honor one's own child, uh, let's say they think you have a, a child, he's 10 years old, and he says, oh, I, I'm a girl. You say, well, you're 10 years old. Let's, let's, not, let's not get into that now. Let's, let's grow up. The state will take your kid away. I'm serious. And California has adopted a policy where let's say you get a divorce and your wife wants your kid to be a girl, your boy to be a girl, and you say no, she can move to California and the state will protect the kid from the biblical position, so-called protect. <clears throat> the state will help the ch child receive drugs and mutilate their bodies to conform to their wicked, ungodly, perverted fantasies. That's California. That's where the nation is going too. If the Democrats ever control the United States, the whole United States will become like California. A great rise in crime, a great rise in perversion, a great damaging of the economy, incredibly high taxes, incredibly high energy prices, etc. It has been a fact of history 
that autonomous rationalism has always resulted in irrationalism, mysticism, and the embracing of the absurd. <clears throat> the rationalism, the secular humanism of the 20s and 30s and 40s, produced the irrationalism of the 1960s. The drug mysticism, the great rise in witchcraft, the great rise in Hindu Hinduism <clears throat> in the late 60s. All that happened. Rationalism, autonomous rationalism, produces irrationalism. Moloch worship seeks an anti-theist, non-Christian way to obtain happiness, fulfillment, and prosperity. But because it denies the true and living God, it is founded upon the great satanic lie that truth and meaning can only be achieved through human autonomy. But because atheistic naturalists must live in the God-created and controlled universe that actually is, they are always proved to be complete fools who deny reality as it is. Now the problem is, is they will never admit it. You know, the democratic policies of high taxation and growing the government have been a disaster economically since the Great Depression. But they'll never admit that. Roosevelt did not get us out of the Great Depression. His policies were a disaster. Unemployment in 38 was higher than it was in 32. Uh, World War II got us out of the Great Depression. The ultimate answer to such humanistic madness and, and uh, evil can only be found in the true God and the doctrine of creation. The universe has order and meaning because it was made that way by God. Yahweh has given mankind life, and that life must be defined and lived only on God's terms. The secular humanist attempt to define life and give it meaning is arbitrary, inconsistent, and is a massive failure, because in a chance purely materialistic universe, pure contingency rules everything. And of course, in the, the secular humanistic view, uh, we're just on a higher scale of being than a rat. Human beings are just hairless apes. And if they were going to be uh, consistent with their worldview, they would make vegetarianism that would have to become law. Because we're really just animals. Because they don't believe we're creating the image of God. There is and there can be no fixed reference point. The only constant is mindless, meaningless chance. A worldview founded upon materialism and chance cannot build paradise based on autonomous reason because it begins with a false, satanic starting point. This is where Van Til and Gordon Clark were great. You may, be, you may learn logic. You may go to college, and not, like I studied this in college, you may learn logic and study all these books on logic. <clears throat> but if your starting point is wrong, your logic can be perfect, and you'll always arrive at the wrong conclusion. That's what, where presuppositions come in. What is your worldview? What is your starting point? If your worldview is that God doesn't exist and everything is evolved from chance, well, you cannot arrive at truth because your starting point is wrong. When men begin with false presuppositions, they cannot achieve correct conclusions. It is for this reason that those who attempt to achieve salvation through a secular state always end up with oppression, chaos, and much more poverty. Always. Go walk the streets of San Francisco, smell the urine, smell the feces, don't step on a needle, and don't bring your car because it will get broken into. In a world of many gods, or where everyone is his own little god, and where everyone creates his own law, meaning of life, and concept of morality, one has in principle anarchy and increased lawlessness. <clears throat> 
without biblical faith and morality, the only thing that can bring men together and bring some kind of order to society is state coercion. State coercion. Now, when you see the democratic policy of just letting all these poverty-stricken people who don't even speak English into our country, and which, of course, is going to greatly rise crime and everything, uh, or they allow lawlessness in the cities, that's part of their policy. They're doing that deliberately. They're doing that deliberately because anarchy leads to statism. The state needs to be given power to control people. <clears throat> Therefore, on the one hand, secular humanism promotes anarchy or lawlessness, but on the other hand, it offers absolute state control as the salvation from lawlessness. The secular humanist concept of liberty or freedom leads to total coercion under the state. Remember, the atheistic naturalists can only produce positivistic arbitrary laws, and in their system there is nothing above man to limit the kinds of laws he produces or the areas of life he seeks to control. Anarchism is the personal creed. Totalitarian statism is the social creed. This is Molech worship with a vengeance. A society must be sacrificed to society to satisfy these worshippers of destruction. There's a video on YouTube of a, this is in Great Britain, of a woman chewing out a guy and saying she's going to call the police because he's sitting there with his engine idling. Now, the reason it's on YouTube and it's so funny is because he's sitting in a Tesla, which doesn't even have an engine and it doesn't produce any exhaust. But it's the idea that the state should just control everything. No gas barbecues, no gas stoves. Uh, and what do we get? Well, what, like California, for example, what do they get? Energy is way, way, way more expensive. They have brownouts. It's a complete disaster because men are sinners, men are finite, and men are essentially incompetent. They need to subject themselves to biblical law. We must also keep in mind a few things regarding our analysis of the situation in America. Number one, secular humanism or atheistic naturalism has progressively displaced the Christian world and life view in America, especially since the First World War. Once Darwin comes along, which is what his books published in the 1860s, that really gets the ball really moving. But it really gets going after World War I. <clears throat> Consequently, our society still has the remnants of a Christian law order that help preserve certain rights or freedoms. In other words, America could be a lot worse than it is right now, but it's being restrained by the Christian worldview. In addition, America still has a lot of professing Christians. Therefore, the left has not been able to act as freely and consistently as they desire. That is forcing Christians to say and treat homosexual behaviors and transgender lifestyles as good, normal, and something to be proud of. Number two, we must also keep in mind that man was created in the image of God. Although men are now fallen and depraved, they still have moral motions, what Francis Schaeffer called the mannishness of man, or show the work of God's law written in their hearts, Romans 2.15. Therefore, unbelievers outwardly can do many good things. And that's why when you present, when you present this argument, which just drives the, the atheist crazy, Hawkins and all these, these atheists on YouTube, it drives them crazy because they know it's true. That if we evolve from chance and everything, there is no God, 
ethics are purely illusory. There are, there are no real ethics. It's just human opinion. That drives them crazy. So they'll always say things like, well, I know a guy, and he's really good, and he doesn't believe in God, but he's really good. Or, Sweden, look how moral Sweden is, and they have the highest secular humanists around. Well, that's because they're living on the, the borrowed capital of the Christian world and life view. But if you want to know what happens when that capital gets dispensed, go to South Chicago or to the streets of San Francisco and find out. Unbelievers can have civic righteousness. They can do many good things. Therefore, we should not be surprised when they still uh, uh, act as though they believe in the Christian world and life view and do not act on the principles of macroevolution that Nathan is red and tooth and claw. In other words, they're inconsistent with their own worldview. Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Pol Pot, and Charles Manson are simply people who live more consistently with the principles of atheistic naturalism and macroevolution. Charles Manson gets out of prison. He goes to he ends up at Haight-Ashbury in 1967. Perfect timing. And he was going around acting as a guru and preaching to young women and saying, there are no ethical absolutes. There is no right and wrong. And then he started telling everybody, I am Christ. I am God. There's no difference between death and life and blah, 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 blah. It was a secular humanistic worldview, and he was consistent with it. And what happened? Slaughter. Slaughter of innocent people. In addition, we must always keep in mind that because a man's fallen to sin and is rebellion against the true God, men cannot be neutral with regard to factuality. That's why we reject neutrality. They have a depraved heart that always reasons in an anti-God manner. Apart from divine grace, all men are born with a commitment to human autonomy. It is for this reason that any plan to reform American culture and society must begin with Jesus Christ and his perfect salvation, as strictly defined by Scripture. Oh, the, the, we're told the solution is libertarianism. No, it's not. Anarchy leads to statism. Now, their positions may be better on certain issues, but on sexuality and abortion and drugs, they're terrible. And they, it, their view leads to statism. In a God-created and controlled universe, there are real, unchanging truths and ethics. Life has a purpose and meaning. And if we are to return to our purpose here on earth, which is godly dominion, we must believe in Jesus Christ and bow the knee to his law, word the Bible. And then we come, remember, we're analyzing Molech worship as it relates to the modern state. We come to our last major point, human sacrifice and Molech worship. Human sacrifice and Molech worship. The central feature of Molech worship, which serves as a kind of sacrament, is child sacrifice. And that's true of the Phoenicians, Carthaginians, the Baalites, all over the place. The sacrifices and Baal worship in virtually all pagan ancient religions is supposed to bring prosperity to the worshippers. It would bring rains to the crops and fertility among the farm animals. The human sacrifice is a way to obtain power and the good life from the Celts to the Aztecs to the followers of Molech. And I was watching a show about, I think it was the Aztecs, and the amount of people they sacrificed each other each year uh, was mind-boggling. We're talking about thousands of people were sacrificed each year. 
The sacrifice of babies and small children was especially sought for the gift of life <coughs> thought to be innocent showed an incredible loyalty to their God. The worshippers offered up their own children, demonstrating their complete dedication to their duty, their deity. And then I noted, I mentioned this earlier, uh, recently on an island, which was part of Carthage, they found a graveyard for infants dedicated to Molech. They had their own special part of the cemetery where they were supposed to be honored for dying for Molech. In our day, abortion where women pay doctors to murder their own unborn babies in cold blood, <clears throat> has become the sacrament of secular humanism and feminism. Now, secular humanism involves the worship of self, and this obeisance involves narcissism, selfishness, and a dedication to materialism. <clears throat> if there is no God, there is no final judgment, and when you die, that's it. You die like a dog. Uh, eat, be, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Really, I mean, if there, if, if there is no God and there is no final judgment, and when you die, that's it, it's as though you never existed, you know, do whatever you want. People want to obtain personal peace, popularity, and affluence, and an unwanted or unplanned baby may get in the way of this self-worship. The baby is either burned to death with toxic chemicals, or it's cut in little pieces with a scalpel and then disposed of like common trash. This extremely gruesome and merciless method of murder is justified with selfish excuses such as, and these, these are, I've heard all these. I was not ready to have a baby. I really need to finish school. I do not want to bring an unloved baby into this world. Well, I think the baby might not want, would rather be uh, alive than killed. Or, you know, how about adoption? You don't have to kill it, you know? It would be harder for me to have fun and enjoy life if I had this responsibility. And there was actually a proponent of abortion. You know, the, the Supreme Court overthrew it on a national level. It got, got to the states. And there was actually a feminist arguing how, how terrible it was not to be able to kill your baby because you couldn't have as much fun. How dare you in, in, get yourself involved in my life? Well, then keep your zipper up. If I have a baby, it will be more difficult for me to find a good job or a good boyfriend. Here's another one. Babies and children are expensive. I do not want that added expense. Every single one of these objections is rooted in pure selfishness, hedonism, and self-worship. Every one of them. And they're common. You hear them over and over and over again. Well, this guy might not like his wife. Does he go get the killer? <laughs> you know? Murder is chosen over inconvenience. Money and material things are placed above a separate individual's life. An individual created in God's image. Having fun and being self-fulfilled is an excuse for shedding innocent blood in a very gross, barbaric manner. Only atheistic naturalists could produce such blatant wickedness. Why? Why is that? Because if there is no infinite personal God who created all things, and there is no life after death, or a final judgment, then why not? Why not? There are no absolutes. And then you become a Satanist, like Aleister Crowley, whose chief credo, he was a Satan worshiper, he was a, into black magic. 
His credo was, do what thou wilt. And he made his disciples engage in sex orgies and bestiality and massive drug use and all sorts of satanic rituals. Do what thou wilt. And by the way, bestiality and homosexual prostitution was part of almost all the ancient religions. Such a view of human life is something that one can dispose of for one's own personal peace, affluence, and fun comports perfectly well with macroevolutionary theory. Where the driving force behind all species is not Christian ethics or loving mankind or living to glorify a holy, righteous, and perfectly just and good God, but rather the survival of the fittest. That was Hitler's justification for going to war. We're the Aryan. We're, we're superior to the Slavs. We're superior to them. We need to destroy them. Survival of the fittest. Now, it is true that secular humanists and atheists talk of the importance of morality and love all the time. But where do such concepts come from? They are based on the Christian world and life view and cannot be rationally accounted for based on macroevolutionary theory. That's what's so funny. They have to steal from the Christian world and life view all the time to debate Christians. Because in their system, there is no basis for ethics at all. If we all evolve from chance evolution in a purely materialistic universe, love and ethics are nothing but epiphenomenon of chemical responses in a materialistic brain. They're no more significant than the scent of a flower or a gnat looking for another gnat. And of course, this materialistic brain evolved, arbitrarily evolved to propagate the species. Human emotions are no different or better philosophically in such a system than the scent of a flower. Moreover, in such a system, Adolf Hitler and most, and the most virtuous saint ends up in the same place. Total nothingness forever and ever. See, what does ethics presuppose? What does morality presuppose? True morality. With teeth in it, it presupposes an infant personal God and it presupposes sanctions for immorality. It, it presupposes judgment. But if you take away God, if you take away transcendence, if you take away uh, judgment, ethics is meaningless. It's your opinion versus my opinion. You may want to have sex with a chihuahua. I may want to go out and cut off a guy's head. But there is no way to condemn it philosophically without the Christian world and life view. In fact, eventually the whole human race will forever be forgotten as the earth is consumed by a giant supernova. It'll be as though you never lived. There will be no more earth. This idea, oh, her, my, her memories live on. Well, they may live on for a while, but they won't survive a supernova. In a chance materialistic universe, Things such as love or ethics or goodness are no more significant than atoms randomly bouncing off each other in the void. Now, I know we naturally react against that kind of statement, but I'm talking about the consistency of the world and life view of the, of the atheist, of the secular humanist. They would deny that, but they can only deny it by standing on the Christian world and life view. They are like a child who has to sit on his father's lap to slap him in the face, as Van Til would say. 
They have to steal from the Christian world and life view to try to refute the Christian world and life view because they have nothing to stand upon. Now, perhaps the most common excuse for abortion is the statement, it is my body. Have you ever heard that? It is my body. I can do whatever I want with my body. Or, my body, my choice. This statement, like all the statements about the transgendered perversion, is the logical extension of secular, the secular humanistic worldview. The little baby growing inside of its mother with its separate DNA, separate lungs, separate heart, separate brain, separate stomach, separate blood vessels, is not a real person. Because the atheistic naturalist creates his own laws and reality, and he says so. With ultrasound technology and what we know, you know they can save babies now very, very young in the womb. We know they're real babies. We know they're human beings. They're not chickens. They're not goats. This is pure arbitrariness on their part. And, of course, the liberal media is not going to call them on the carpet and say, wait a minute, that is a real baby. No. In one part of the hospital, a mother has a problem in her pregnancy, they take the baby out and they save its life. In another part of the hospital, they're murdering babies that same age. Is what he proclaims scientific in the traditional sense of the word? No, it is not even close. Treating an unborn baby like a wart or a tumor or a cyst that they can cut off and thrown in a dumpster is obviously exceptionally dishonest, out of touch with reality, and diabolically evil. What, occurring, what is occurring with the left today with abortion on demand, statism, and the complete redefinition of family and sexuality is no different in principle than what occurred with the Nazis in Germany or the communists in the Soviet Union. Now, the Nazis taught that the Jews were essentially demons in a human body that had to be exterminated. That's what they taught. Even though there were brilliant Jewish scientists and all kinds of philosophers and everything. They taught that the Eastern Europeans, the Slavs, were subhumans. The Jews were to be killed and the Slavs were to be enslaved and starved to death. Now, Germany at that time was probably the most scientific and advanced nation in the whole world. They invented the car. They invented the jet. They invented rocket ships. They invented a lot of things. They were brilliant. The Soviet Union treated capitalists or kulaks as evil monsters that needed to be shot or starved to death. These holocausts were fully consistent with a secular humanist world and life view. They teach fiat, arbitrary, subjective laws, and that all power and law-making authority is located in the state. According to their own presuppositions, there is no transcendent, absolute, eternal, unchanging ethical laws or principles above the state. You've seen these, these Democrats, you get some old-fashioned Roman Catholic before them. Oh, I heard you're a Roman Catholic. No, no. They don't know that Roman Catholicism is a corrupt form of Christianity, but they know that they have ethical principles. They still believe in the Bible on that point, so they, they object to it. You're not going to let that your views on religion interfere with your ethics, are you? In other words, you're not going to allow your views about there being a God who gives us the law interfere with our ability to make up our own laws, are you? That's what they're doing. 
Therefore, the state is the god of their system. The Holocaust of Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union were, according to their own system, their own worldview, perfectly legal and moral. However, the reality is that it was murder on an industrial scale, justified by fiat laws and redefinition. Now, in the United States, I don't know the latest statistics. I think it's around 65 million unborn babies have been murdered since 1973 in cold blood. This massive Holocaust, which is about 10 times, which is uh, almost 10 times, uh, well, it's actually over 10 times the number of Jews murdered by the uh, Nazi regime, has all been legal and is praised by the left as scientific and necessary for a woman's health care, her happiness, her prosperity. They call it health care. Killing a baby, that's health care. But this is the modern form of Molech worship. That's what it is. So we'll end there, but I, you know, let's just think about this. Christians have a decision to make. I'm talking about Bible-believing Christians in this country. If you're not working for Christian laws, if you're not working for the Christian world and life view to dominate society, the so-called culture wars, if you think you can rely on John Locke and uh, right-wing enlightenment thinking regarding natural law, you're going to lose. The only thing that's going to change your society in a good direction is Jesus Christ, bowing the knee to Jesus Christ as Lord. He is Lord. He did rise from the dead. He has proved himself. And submitting to his law order, his system, the Bible. That's our only hope. And if we don't do that, you can expect some kind of severe judgment coming on our nation, either economically or a world war or both. Because God hates Joe Biden. God hates Nancy Pelosi. What the Democrats are doing is diabolically evil. It's satanic to the very core. And Christians better wake up and smell the roses. 40 million evangelicals supposedly voted for Joe Biden. 40 million. Now, I'm not a big Trump guy, but compared to the Democrats, Trump's the Apostle Paul. He's anti-abortion. He's a big spender. He's got his problems. But compared to the Democrats, I mean, there's no comparison. But Christians have to wake up and know that we're in a war, a spiritual war, with evil. These people are no different than the Molech worshippers of old. And there's 65 million dead babies to prove it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you for your dear son. Give us the love of your holy law. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Cause us to love your law, to apply it to our lives, to die daily. And we pray for our wicked nation, Lord. It is evil, satanic. And we pray, Lord, that there will be reformation and revival before judgment must come. And if judgment does come, protect your people, Lord, in the midst of judgment. In Jesus' name, amen.